everyone, and welcome to Dallas Hoops FanCast, a podcast for Mavs fans. I'm your host, Sydney, and I'm here with my co-host, Martin. Hey, guys. You can follow the show on Twitter at, uh, uh, nope, it's at Dallas Hoops Cast. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore Sydney Myers. Uh, you can listen to new episodes uh, on all popular streaming you know what? The Mavs lost tonight, so <laughs> let's just get to that. But also important, you can listen to new episodes um, on DallasHoopsCast.com. That's what I was trying to say. Um, but yeah, Mavs lost tonight after starting 2-0 and for the first time since the 2004-2005 season. They lost to the Blazers, unsurprisingly, in a very close game. Um, I think, like, what was it? Nine of the last ten been single digits. Have been, um, yeah. yeah, decided by single digits. The home team has taken the last few games, and so this was the first time in a while that the home team lost, with the Mavericks being the victims of that. Um, and yeah, there's there's a lot to talk about here. I mean, obviously in a loss, there's generally going to be bad. I don't think that it's anything to really panic about. No, I mean, you're not going to win every game of the yeah, season. Yeah, so I think that we're going to cover some things that caused them to lose um, I don't think I'm seeing trends. I think it was just in this game, you know, those things happened and so they lost. Um, so we'll go into that and then we'll kind of take a, a look back now that we're three games into this season and just take a look at the, se- at the season and how the Mavs are doing so far. Um, we will also get to um, an interview that we have with Mike Fisher where we talked about um, Porzingis, how he's playing so far coming back from the injury, the chemistry with the Mavericks in the locker room, um, what that means to the team, and a couple of other really important topics. So we're going to start with the... And just want to mention ahead. that it's very kind of of Mike Fisher to oh, do an yeah. interview with us because, you know, we're not national, we're not even... We're barely Speak local. For yourself. I have like <laughs> and, 250 uh, Twitter We met followers. Mike Fisher at the Maverick event or the Maverick bar. And uh, where the uh, we had the podcast event with yeah, all the podcasters podcast out there, and he's a very nice guy and uh, very appreciative of the fact that he allowed us to do an interview with him. Um, I just thought that was a really nice thing for him to do. So I want to say thank you to Mike yeah. Fisher. Yeah, and it was a good interview too. I, I appreciate that he took the time to really have well, a he's good easy easy interview too. Yeah, you just yeah, yeah. Ask one question, and and he's got so he's much a, knowledge. He's and a he pro. speaks so well. Yeah. yeah. So it's a good interview. We're, we're going to get to that just after the post game, uh, our reaction to the game. Um, I figured that's kind of, you know, the hot topic right now. So let's start with that. Again, some negative things that we saw here that caused them to, to lose the game. I don't think it's a trend, but a big one was the three-point shooting. We noticed that it just wasn't going down tonight. I mean, Luca between Luca and Porzingis, they shot 21 threes and made only five of them. And there was, there were stretches where it was, you know, it wasn't like, you know, every other one was going down or whatever. Like there were long stretches where they just were not going down and they just kept shooting them. Mm -hmm. And I think, well, and even if you combine Curry, Doncic and Porzingis, they were seven for 28. So your three best three point shooters essentially did not shoot, did not shoot the ball well. So, I mean, they only lost by two. And uh, I would like to believe that if they made a couple more of their shots, that uh, this this would have been a different outcome. But tonight, they just didn't go in. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, for Mavs fans, they just kept shooting them. Yeah. And uh, I know a lot of them were open, and you have to take them if they're open. Like, there were there were a lot of threes that were wide open. you got to take those. But there were a lot that were just forced. 
And uh, I just didn't think they were good shots, especially because you had missed so many in a row. And uh, you just kept shooting them and shooting them and shooting them, and they just kept bricking. It, it was a miracle we even stayed in the game within striking distance to win it at the end. Yeah, I'll say, you know, there's the saying, you live by the three and you die mm-hmm. by the three. They died tonight. Well, and and it was almost like they made a clear decision to, mm-hmm. like, if we're going to die by the three, we're going to die by the three. Like, they just, they didn't really change things up, whereas, you know, we saw the Blazers, their three-pointer wasn't really going down, and... They stopped you know, shooting yeah, it. Yeah, in the fourth quarter, there you didn't see a lot of threes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they, they kept driving it. They got good inside shots. And I think, you know, you said that um, if you're open, you have to shoot it. And to a certain extent, that's true. But I think there's a lot of times where the three was, it came off like the first pass of the possession. It was mm-hmm. early in the shot clock. And I think there's nothing wrong with moving the ball more and, and knowing that your three isn't going down, mm-hmm. maybe I can try to drive it or, or get a pick or, or move the ball. And I know it's, it's open. So it seems stupid yep. to not shoot it, but when it's not going down, there's gotta be other options. Well, they have that saying you pass up a good shot for a great shot. Yeah. And uh, they didn't do that. Uh, they were really trigger happy with a three, especially Luca and Porzingis. Not to, yeah. you know, it's hard to say anything bad about him. I mean, Porzingis had his, this game. his best night of the season: thirty-two points, nine rebounds, five assists, two blocks. I mean, and we're sitting here complaining <laughs> about him. Luca, twenty-nine points, twelve rebounds, Almost nine assists, three steals, yeah. and yet we're complaining about it. So it's it's not that we're complaining. It's just that's why we lost the game. Is our best shooters? Just miss some shots tonight that they probably normally make. Yeah. I mean, Luca's not going to go two for 11 uh, from three, but 11 threes is kind of a lot of threes. Well, and I think that they should have made the, the in-game adjustment to mm-hmm. where, like, you know, either maybe it was the defense laying off or maybe the offense created a three-point shot. And I mm-hmm. think if the latter is true, then you have to make an adjustment in your offense to where you're creating cuts to the basket or you're doing more pick and roll situations or you know you're you're calling plays or just creating the Mm -hmm. shots that are not always a three-pointer yeah and then you also have other guys that aren't known for being three-point shooters out there yeah and uh i mean dorian finish smith shooting threes now kleba is an adequate three-point shooter but he doesn't really scare anybody yeah he was two for six yeah so he he i think he shoots around 34 35 percent last season yeah. Um, and then, like I said, when, when Curry, Doncic, and, and Porzingis shoot that poorly from three, chances are you're going to lose the game. And I thought another thing that uh, Porzingis and I, I noticed in the Pelicans game as well is uh, he had so many heroic moments last year. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes he takes a hero ball shot. Yeah. And uh, I love his step back. I do. But his step back is great when it's in the rhythm of the moment. And sometimes... Well, and it's great when it goes in. Yes. (laughs) But I feel like he's been forcing it a little bit in the last couple of games. Now, he had that bank shot in the Pelicans, but tonight he had two of them at the end of the game and missed them both. And uh, I don't even think they were close. Yeah, I mean, I noticed that last year too, a trend to... Once those shots started going in, he would sometimes force it. And I think, you know, like you were talking about before we started recording that a lot of that might just be youth. Like Yeah, 20 years old, that's what you want yeah, to do. Yeah, like Damian and CJ McCollum, probably when they were young, they would shoot those hero ball shots all mm-hmm. the time. And then they finally, as you get older, you realize maybe it's harder, maybe it's not as flashy, but it it's easier. A layup is easier mm-hmm. than a step back three. Um, and I've, I've said this before, 
you know, it all like just for the millionth time, they want to shoot a ton of threes, but do they have the personnel to make that such a point of emphasis? I mean, I know they have Luca, who's a good three point shooter, Porzingis, Curry, who's not even getting a lot of minutes anyways. So can we really even include that? But outside of that, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr., like he's been he's, killing the Mavericks. Yeah, Tim Hardaway has not uh, played well. He didn't play well tonight. Um, he's just not shooting the ball very no. well. I don't know if he's thinking too much or if that ankle injury he had in the first game of the season is bothering his jump shot. Uh, his shot's just not going down, and sometimes he makes some really poor decisions with yeah. the basket. And and you know, and, and we'll talk about it a little bit later about some of the things we noticed. Uh, I did notice a trend, but we'll we'll talk about it later. Mm-hmm. We'll stay on this game. Um, but yeah, he hasn't played well at all. Well, I think he takes bad shots. Yeah. And I think that's well. why, you know, we've talked before about how, like, he is physically perfect as a basketball player. His height, his size, his, you know, body fat to muscle ratio, his shooting form, his body, the his way balance. it lines up, his yes. balance. Yeah. Everything is so perfect, but it just doesn't go in. And it's like, what is going on here? And I think a lot of it is because he takes bad three pointers and mm-hmm. he had. There was that one moment when the Mavs were just, this was when they were taking it to the the Blazers, and Porzingis was on fire. And then in the middle of that, Hardaway takes this terrible three-point shot that was- Pull up off the dribble, yeah. And it just killed the momentum. And Mm -hmm. that was right around the time that the Blazers were coming back. And it was like, decisions like that, you know, before the season started, I felt like he could be a solid contributor as a starter or a bench guy. I didn't know, but- I felt like he deserved a chance to to be that guy, and he's definitely gotten that chance, but he's not he's not been that guy at all. Not this thus far. I yeah. mean, he may turn it around, but as of now, he's having trouble finding where he fits, yeah. and and he wants to be a scorer, but he doesn't shoot good shots, and and then he sees Luca shooting these shots. Yeah, it's like well, you're not Luca. Yeah, you know you 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 have to shoot the shots that are best for you. And uh, he hasn't played well at all. I've been very disappointed uh, in him. I've been disappointed in, uh, and I know everybody likes him. Dorian, he yeah. had some moments tonight on the defensive end. It's just offensively, he's just, he's he kills good, you yeah. when he's out there. Well, you know, and so like continuing this idea of do they have the personnel to shoot so many threes? So, you know, talking about Hardaway, he struggled. Finney Smith is not a very good three-point shooter. You know, these guys are averaging... 20 to 25 minutes a game you know that's a lot of minutes for guys that don't shoot threes very well on a team that wants to shoot a bunch of threes um and yeah Finney Smith he played okay tonight he had what was it nine rebounds yeah he had nine rebounds he went one for three on three pointers but with Finney Smith it's like he gives and he takes away because yeah he also had some decisions down the stretch where he would drive it, and then suddenly get scared and just throw it to somebody. Well, and he had one pass that it, the simple pass would have been just give it to Luca, mm-hmm. And instead, he decided to throw a Hail Mary <laughs> out to, uh, I think it was Seth, and it was like 50 feet above. Not it's like, close. what? what, yeah. what? Who, who do you yeah. think you are? I, I don't know yeah. what kind of pass that was. Well, and then the, the very last, that crucial rebound that he got, which was great, but... He had it, and which then, I, I thought should have stayed as a foul. But anyways, yeah. and then Seth Curry was wide open on the wing, and he just you know Finney Smith is not 
at he's not the level of player where he can make mm-hmm. quick decisions like that, the intelligent play. And so instead, it just doesn't turn out yeah. well for the Mavs. Yeah, I, I feel like we harp a little bit too much on Dorian. Um, I think it's well documented. We're not big fans of Dorian. I know, like on the on the broadcast, they just they love him. Yeah. They love him so much. They love everyone. <laughs> I don't think Dorian was the reason why we lost. Oh, no, definitely um, not. Yes, that is so, true. You know, they, they, I, you're not going to win every game. I mean, yeah. Portland's a, they went to the Western Conference Finals yeah. last year, and they have two superstars. Well, you know, Damian Lillard and, and C.J. McCollum. Yeah, they're all-stars, all-NBA yeah. guys. Yeah. And, and so, you know, you're going to lose some of these games. And really, the Mavericks should have won this game had they just shot the ball a little bit yeah. better. And if they shot it a little bit better, this game is over. Yeah. And uh, they just they just couldn't get him to fall at the end of the game. Yeah, well, that's not what I was saying. Like, I there's nothing that really concerns me. There are reasons that they lost. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest one was the threes, the, the bad shots yeah. and not changing their scheme. But it was nothing to where I'm like, you know, this is a trend or a huge problem. I think they're probably figured well, out. So the, the trend to me yes, that I've, yes. I've seen is... Shot selection, very poor shot selection from who? From the who? team. Oh, okay. the entire team has had very poor shot selection, and that includes Luca and Porzingis, Tim Hardaway. Sometimes we're just too quick with the three pointers, and Carlisle has mentioned he wants threes, but he wants the right threes. And right now, I don't think we're shooting the right threes. Like Porzingis in this game, in the third quarter, I think he had three possessions in a row where he shot a three-pointer, but it was yeah. not in a, in the offense, in the flow. He just got the ball, and it was like a heat check three. And he did it three times in a row, I think, and he missed all three of them. And it just they weren't good shots. And then Luca, with his step back, he hadn't made them all night long. And so I would have liked to have seen him drive it. He's so good driving yeah. the lane. He Nobody can keep him in front of him. Well, especially that last shot yeah. that... You know, and it's like it was a hero ball shot. Yeah, when it goes in, that's Luca magic. Yes. You know, but it when it doesn't, it's mm-hmm. easy to criticize it. And I don't know how I feel about it. It could be that it's well, always a bad shot. It is. It's just yeah. It's, he makes it so many times. We, we've talked about this before in the past about NBA players. How when they make some of these real, you know, who's a, a good example of this is Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Is he'll come down and he'll shoot the worst shot. Ever. You're like, dude, you shoot 29% from three. <laughs> Why are you pulling up like Steph Curry? And he'll miss it and they'll lose the game. But one out of ten times, he makes he'll, it. he'll make it and they yeah. win. And it's like with Luka, he obviously makes it a whole bunch more. But I feel like tonight, since his shot wasn't going down, that driving the lane would have been the better option. He had 14 free throw attempts. He was able to get them off balance, able to get foul calls. I would have liked to have seen him instead of go to his step back, drive the lane. And I think a more mature player, yeah, one that's been in the league for a little bit longer, would recognize, hey, my three's not going down tonight. It's not going to miraculously go down. So why don't I go ahead and drive the ball? And I thought that that should have been a better option for him. And then Porzingis, he was hot, but then when he wasn't, he yeah, just kept shooting just kept it from shooting three. It. Now, yeah. He was great tonight. He just... You know, and there was moments in that fourth quarter, the two-man game between Porzingis and Luca was unstoppable. But they they took themselves out of it by shooting bad shots. Yeah. And and another person that's been shooting bad shots we mentioned is Tim Hardaway. Yeah. And even Dorian has had some in the last couple of games. 
Yeah. They, they just weren't very good shots. Any, well, you said Any we harp, shot, you yes. said we harp on him too much, so we I'll do. stop. So, so far for the season, this doesn't include this game because obviously it just ended, but so far the Mavericks are shooting th- just under 33% on their three-pointers. That would put them at 19th in the league. Now, I this tonight's performance, it's I'm gonna sure, drop will them. Yeah. put them even lower. They yeah. shoot 30, or they at least in their first two games, they were shooting 38 three-pointers per game, which would put them at 8th in the league. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I I understand the idea. Like you lost by two, and you shot thirty nine percent from the floor, well, and, and, and they shot fifty two percent. Yeah, and that's kind of the point is that so, you can shoot so poorly, but because they're threes, yes. you have a you kind of have a better chance of winning. So really, you lost to a team that had two guys that were really they were on fire in the second half, and, and McCollum was on fire the entire game. Lillard was on fire in the second half. And they shoot a lot of like McCollum. He's a he's a mid range guy, and they were just dropping for him. And then the Mavericks threes just weren't going down as frequently as we want them to. Sixteen percent obviously is terrible, or twenty six percent is what they shot tonight. That's terrible. They're not going to shoot that poorly every night. Luke is not going to go two for eleven. Yeah. But what I've seen throughout the season is poor shot selection. So let me ask you this question. Um, they have this idea of shooting threes rather than, well, shooting threes or, or layups, but you know, we'll say shooting threes, um, rather than just twos or long twos, because it's worth more, um, in terms of points per possession, obviously when it goes in, it's Mm -hmm. worth more than a two. And like you were saying, you can shoot a lower percentage on threes than what you would need to shoot in order to score that many points if you were only shooting twos. So do you think that losses like this are the kinds of losses that they expect and are okay with like we are going to shoot a lot of threes and we expect to win because of all of the positive things if we lose it's only because we shot a horrible percentage and we're okay with that and it's possible i mean they shot if they shot their average 33 yeah, percent, they, they win won. this game by double digits yeah so you know they just they just didn't go down. Yeah. And and some of them were poor. And maybe the percentages will go up a little bit if you clean up the shot selection. That'll probably help. But yeah, I mean, you're, you're just not going to win every game. And yeah. the games you lose are typically the ones where you just can't get your shot to go down at the yeah. end. And that's just what happened in this one. And then you had two guys on the other side that were just on fire. And if you look at the, the game before against New Orleans, they went in. Yeah. And they won the game. Luka banked in a three, yeah. you know. <laughs> And so when they go in, you're going to win. It's just a matter of can they go in enough. Well, and I just wonder if, you know, they've they've made this conscious decision to shoot more threes. And if you, you know, plug it into a computer, it's going to say you're going to win games, but you're going to lose games where you the three doesn't Mm -hmm. go in. And they've decided we're okay with that. And yeah. so this is the kind of game where they're like, you know what? This is where we would lose. I and mean, so, honestly, you scored 119. Yeah. You'd like to think you would win that game by playing a little bit better defense. So you can't overreact to the loss. Yeah. You're not, you know, so, yeah, I, I think you're, you're okay with losing some games as long as you're getting your shots and they're just not falling that night. Yeah. Um, any other points about the game you want to talk about? Just this particular game? No. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, in that case, let's go on to this interview with Mike Fisher. We actually talked about the three-pointers, how they shoot so many. So I got his thoughts on that. We talked about uh, Porzingis rebounding numbers, which he had been struggling. He was averaging four for the first two games. He got nine tonight, so a little bit better. But we talked about that. And then also 
um, the chemistry, which a lot of um, media guys that have been around the team have commented on that, how it just feels different. And so we talked about why that makes a difference and why it helps. And a couple of other topics. Again, this was at the Maverick. It's a, a bar and restaurant. So it was very loud in there. I tried to clean up the audio, but, you know, forgive me for that. But let's cut to that. It's about um, 10, 15 minutes, I think. And then we'll get back to looking at um, the season and, and on to their next game. Okay, so we're here with Mike Fisher at Fish Sports on Twitter. First of all, thank you for making the time for us. The game has been uh, pretty crazy so far. The starting lineups changed for the second time in this game with starting Jalen Brunson. And the first game they started, Courtney Lee. Were you as surprised by all of that as everyone else? Yeah, surprised with the specifics, but yeah. not surprised with the general Carlisle. Well, yeah. I think we're true. at the point where we're like, he did what? <laughs> well, you know, he's Carlisle. Yeah. And the, look at the Courtney Lee move. And I'm not saying he was, you know, he stopped Bradley Beal in game one. But he, but Bradley Beal shot seven of 25. And yeah. one of 11 from the arc, I think. And Courtney Lee was a part of that. And so was Luca. So, uh, to me, Rick Carlisle has earned the right hmm. to say, I'm sorry, bloggers and <laughs> podcasters and newspaper guys and radio guys, but I, I kind of have a feel for my team. And and look at what the Mavericks are doing in this game where yeah. th it did, you know, they gave up 40 what in the first quarter? 41, yeah. And the next thing you know, they've flipped the script. Completely. So you think it was defense that made him want to, that influenced that decision? You know, his big thing, he said this, this might have been two years ago, where he said, <laughs> holding people under, holding teams under 100 points is a thing of the past. Yeah. And that hasn't turned out to quite be true. It, it's still doable, but defense still does matter. Yeah. If, if everybody scores and everybody's, you know, seven foot three guys are shooting 30 foot jump shots, that's, that's awesome in its own way. But what if somebody could stop them? And that yeah. still matters. Yeah, you know, speaking of the three-pointers, we were talking um, on the pod the other day about how they have put such an influence on shooting threes, but I'm a little concerned that they don't have the guys that can make those threes. Do you yeah. think they have the personnel for that? Okay, this is my old joke. You know Devin Harris, right? Yeah. Okay, you know him? I mean, have you ever met him? You've talked to him? Maybe. I actually saw him at Best Buy one day, but okay. no, I, I don't know him personally. He, could, he just couldn't be. He's just so sweet. Yeah. So he was a younger player, and he was he would struggled for the first couple of years from the art. So he comes back after one summer, and, and I'm talking to him, and he says, I, I don't know what the number was. You know, I shot a 1,000 three-pointers a day, he said. Did you make any of them? That's what I said. Yeah. I said, the, the key isn't how many you shot. Yeah. <laughs> the key is how many you made. Yeah. And so I, I agree with you that, hey, uh, the 2019-20 Mavericks are going to be the franchise leader in three-point attempts. Attempts. I don't, I don't care about attempts. Yeah. Uh, I, I care about makes, and then I would add, as it pertains especially to Porzingis, it's fantastic that a seven-foot-three guy can make threes. Mm -hmm. It's freakish, and it is a, a matchup nightmare. Who guards that? But you know what's even better for a seven-foot-three guy to make dunks? Yeah, well, to and use to make his layouts, size. and yeah. to roll and to be a you know roll to the rim and to block, uh, protect the rim. That, that's what a seven foot three guy also has to do. And I, I think, I don't think Porzingis is ever going to be much of a rebounder relative to his size, <laughs> but he can do all the other things, and so yeah. we'll take it. Yeah, he's averaged about seven rebounds for his career. 
And it's a, kind of a lot like Dirk. I remember Dirk one time said, uh, they asked him about defense, and he said, my offense is my defense. Yeah. And Porzingis is obviously a much better de- uh, defender, but with rebounding, kind of same thing. It's just he's not around the basket as much as other guys his size. True. And remember with Dirk, he, like his hands were his defense. I mean, obviously he was being he self-effacing. He did have good hands. You know, he, his, his ability, he didn't block shots up here. He block shots down yeah, here. Yeah, got that from Carl Malone. And did, right. Yes. And, and didn't get credit for the block shot, but got credit for the slap away. Yeah. Um, the other thing about Dirk that Don Nelson used to say is, he's the only guy he ever saw that taught himself to be a rebounder. That oh. he wasn't a natural born rebounder. He made himself one. Now, Dirk's Dirk. Yeah. You can ask every guy to, oh, then why don't you just do it? <laughs> not not that quite, not, not, not that easy. But for Persingas to get more rebounds than Luka per game is not asking too much. Yeah, yeah. I think in the first game he had four rebounds. Right. Um, of course, in this game he already has three blocks, so he's definitely doing it on that end of the court. You know, um, a lot of in preseason or in training camp, people talked about the chemistry that this team had, not just on the court, but as players. Have you seen that too, just in the way they interact together? Well, the organization does a good job with that. Cuban, Donnie, and Carlisle trust each other. We call them the triangle of trust over at DallasBasketball.com. And they've created an environment with Dirk as a key where they're, they're, the culture is important. And it doesn't matter. It, and it does matter. And it doesn't mean you automatically win 50 games. But they sure did win 50 games a lot. Yeah. And J.J. Barea is a continuation of that culture. Here's what I would tell Mavericks fans to make sure you don't take granted, take for granted. What if Luca and... Porzingis didn't like each other. Yeah, we've seen that. What if they were jealous of each other? Yeah. What if they liked the same girl? What if What if Luca, when he when he got in his conflict, his you know macho thing with Bradley Beal, what if he said, "Well, I'm just going to shoot. That's how I'm going to show him." But instead, Luca's nature is, "I'm going to win." Yeah. And Porzingis, I love what Porzingis said after that first preseason game that he played, when he did not shoot well. Remember that? Mm-hmm. You were probably yeah. there, right? And he said, I, I have to remind myself, on nights when I'm not shooting well, there's other things I can do. Yeah. And, and, and there's so many ways that those two guys can help win a game without scoring 30 and help each other. And I just think it's a reminder. And again, I, I think it's also a take the baton from Dirk. Let's be friends here. Yeah. Let, let's not worry about <laughs> which one of us is on the cover of the magazine, like, like happens all the time. Because yeah. that doesn't, ultimately doesn't matter. Um, the, Dirk never, you know, people talk about Dirk was the star and he didn't have other stars on the championship team. He never said that. He never said Jason Terry wasn't a star. Yeah. He never said Jason Kidd wasn't a star. He, he, they, they all treated each other like they were equals. And these two guys seem like they have the capacity for the same. Yeah. Well, and that's such a good, it's so important. I remember another GM, I think it was actually David Griffin with the Pelicans. He was talking about how everyone wants to build a team like the Warriors. And he said, well, if you want to do it like the Warriors, do it like the Warriors. They did it through the draft, through chemistry, through having that culture, the way that Steph is as a person and Clay is. No one's competing for the shine. And I think, like you said, Luca and Porzingis is the same way. Um, I think that defense is also, you talked about Porzingis' defense. Outside of him on the perimeter, Luca's not known as the best defender. Who do you think is going to pick up the slack in that area? Well, DeLon Wright yeah. is supposed to. Now, what we talk about a lot is the Mavericks don't have a singular third best player. 
wouldn't it be great if Wright could be that? Um, keeping in mind, he's never even been a full-time NBA starter. Yeah. So what a leap that would be for him to all of a sudden be a tertiary star. <laughs> but but he's a perimeter defender at six foot seven and can guard big guy, big wings, and maybe even guard water bugs. Maybe we shall see. And so the Mavericks have a bunch. They have a they have a great one and they have a great two potentially. I mean, there takes time, and then they have like great six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. And then we still need to figure out if they really want to be a championship team, who's going to be the best third player. Yeah, we were talking about that the other day, that if you go back to their last few championship teams, not or uh, last few playoff teams, not you know championship, but just as playoffs, they had a third guy. And it wasn't always a superstar, but just they had a clear third guy, and they don't have that this year. Unless, like, J- like Jason Terry. Yeah. Tyson Chandler. Yeah. You know. This team doesn't have a Tyson Chandler yeah. as a third guy or a Jason Terry as a third guy or a Jason Kidd as a third guy. Not yet. Yeah, well, even... And, and, and let's, you know, let's, listen, that took, that took time. So this gets to take a little time, too. That's yeah. why I'm thinking, you know, to me, like, if they win 42 games this year, that's a gigantic success. Yeah. I know that people are predicting, some people are, 52. Yeah, that's, well, what, I mean, okay, that's what Martin that'd be great. thinks. But 42 is, would, be, would be great as well. Yeah, I don't think this is the year where they plan on a deep run or ch- this is the the building year and so I, I think they'd be happy with that okay um last question do you think that luca and porzingis have a chance to make the all-star team both or even just one if you're if we get to the all-star break and you don't have a winning record do you get two all-stars i would say no i would say no yeah um unless you're in the east <laughs> well right yeah. but but luca like, I think Luka's going to make third-team All-NBA, mm-hmm. which makes you one of the 15 best players, which makes you an All-Star. Yeah. So It should, at least. Yeah. But, again, look at, just look at the West and look at the other good teams, two guys, Kawhi and Paul George, <laughs> AD and LeBron, yeah. uh, Westbrook and Harden. Okay, so there's six. Yeah. And we just ate up six spots from three teams but it'd be delightful I, I did, you know when, when Dirk was coming into power and the world wasn't recognizing it I like kind of just convinced myself we, we wrote about this on DallasBasketball.com all the time don't worry how many times he's on the cover of Sports yeah. Illustrated don't worry what the world thinks because we know yeah. but here we are we're going to do it again <laughs> and, and, I, and I understand what you're asking because you, what you're saying is you want yeah. Luca and Porzingis to get recognition. Well, I want them to be the kind of players that are good enough to be an all-star. Yeah. You know, I think that's really, it's not just, oh, he, you know, he made the all-star game, but that means that he's good enough to be that. And I think that's what it means to me. I think we'll get to mid-season and they'll be good enough to, mm-hmm. and then we'll have to accept that Luca made it yeah. and Porzingis didn't. That's realistic. Maybe. But, yeah. but, but, you know, if Porzingis is 20 points a game and and the Mavericks have a winning record, then then he's good enough to be, and that you're saying that's good enough for you. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what the rest of the NBA thinks. Um, Mike Fisher, thank you so much for making time. I appreciate it. My pleasure. It. I, um, you, and I've said this to a few people tonight, but the, the community, the, the Mavericks blogger and podcast community, uh, and mainstream too, it's it's a really special thing. And yeah. 
it's men and it's women and it's young and it's old and, yeah. and it's a blast. I'm, I'm happy to be a little part of it. Okay, awesome. We'll catch you on Twitter at Fish Sports. So there's Mike Fisher again, you know, talking about a lot of things that that we've noticed that have kind of concerned us. The the three pointers, um, Porzingis coming back from that injury and how it might take him a while to to get back up to speed. We also talked about um, the chemistry and he brought out mm-hmm. how fortunate Mavs fans are, or just you know the Mavs as a team, how fortunate they are to have two not just two superstars, mm-hmm. but two superstars that like each other because. You know, there have been examples of superstars that did not like each other. Yeah. I mean, you've another talked one, about yeah, Kobe, Kobe and Shaq. Shaq was one. And even like a you know, last year with Durant and Curry, all of the Warriors. Yeah, basically, you know, yeah. You know, yeah. Not, not that they didn't like each other, but there were problems just, I don't know, kind of brewing. And, and I was listening to um, an interview. I can't remember. Um, oh, it was uh, on the Woj pod and it was Draymond Green and Bob Myers, excellent mm-hmm. interview. If you haven't listened to it, it is so good. They got very honest about that whole relationship. And and they talked about this same thing, that when the chemistry isn't just right, when it's not flowing and fun, everything is a grind. Every game is a grind. And so, you know, like I was talking about with Mike Fisher, like to have two mm-hmm. superstars that like each other, that it it means so much. It's it's one thing to win and hate each other, but to like each other, I think that makes a big difference. Yeah, and it looks like it's not a forced relationship because yeah. I, I think of Chris Paul and, and Harden um, was I believe was kind of a forced. Oh yeah, I love playing with this guy. <laughs> I love you know because in all honesty, like they both needed the basketball to thrive, and uh, you can see like. When they weren't winning, the chemistry, that fake likeness of each other kind of went away. And, of course, they played off now, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But just on the court, they just weren't a good fit. And, uh, yeah, with the Mavericks, uh, it looks legit, you know, looks uh, genuine. Mm -hmm. And uh, the good thing is, I mean, they're both so young. Yeah. And uh, they could just build together for a long time and uh, have really great chemistry. And, And when they're both in their prime... You know, they played with each other at that point yeah. for five, six, seven years. It's going to be something something pretty to watch. Yeah. And so, I, you know, and, and even the Mavs have had teams where the chemistry wasn't great. You know, you've talked about the years with the Twans. Um, <laughs> Antoine Walker. But, but, yeah, yeah. Even in recent memory, having Rajon Rondo. And that I, and was I re- a mistake, yeah. I remember, you know, there was always talk about, like, can Rondo and Ellis fit together and all this stuff. And I remember, I think it was Ellis one time said, we act. We are friends. Like we mm-hmm. are friends off the court. It's just on the court. It just like doesn't work. And I think that can sometimes cause those. You know, kind of same with the Warriors. It wasn't that it they didn't like each rift. other. It's just yeah. yeah. It just it wasn't as smooth as it could have been. And so I think that that helps the longevity. Did you want to talk about your concern with Porzingis and how much love Luca gets? Yeah, I mean, I'm a little nervous that... uh, I'm nervous to put it out there. Yeah, well, I'm nervous because Luka is is Dallas now. Like, he gets the MVP chance. I mean, Porzingis had 32 points tonight. When he's at the free throw line, not a soul saying MVP. (laughs) Completely quiet. If that were Luka, you know, it would have been MVP chance like crazy going through the arena. And uh, Porzingis gets asked... 15 questions about Luka Doncic after every game. Luka doesn't get to ask a single question. I mean, no, (laughs) but you you can see it's just like Dallas loves Luka. Now they love Porzingis too. 
But Luca is just, he's just got this personality, this presence, yeah. and this well, likability. And we, yeah, well, yeah, him. we kind of drafted him. Yeah. Um, and Porzingis is loved, and we're really happy he's here. I'm really happy he's here, and he's going to be an all star, if not this year, eventually. Yeah. And him and Luca are going to be probably the best duo in the NBA in a couple of years. But for some reason, he doesn't get that same talkness. <laughs> That's not really the best word. He doesn't get talked love. about. Yeah, the same. I mean, yeah. he, he gets loved. It's just not at the level. It's like kind of over love well, for it, Luka Doncic. It's it's just like the Warriors. Doncic. Yeah, Doncic. Um, it's just like the Warriors with Steph and Durant. Mm-hmm. Like Durant won Finals MVP. Yep. They had amazing seasons, but it was Steph. You know, they drafted him. He's it's his team. He's the guy. And I think you're hoping that it doesn't turn into what it happened. Yeah, with I, I think Porzingis is smart enough and comfortable enough in his own skin that uh, he recognizes I'm kind throwing, of the situation. Throwing some shade at Yeah, well, Durant. come on. It's, it's not hard to do. Um, so I think he's comfortable enough in his own skin and recognizes it. And also, I think Luca. it's because of some of the shots that he makes. Yeah. And it's like Steph, he'll shoot it from 45 yeah. feet out. And it goes in. So I think sometimes that kind of that excitement factor. So I think Porzingis will be okay. And I think eventually, you know, he's going to get to the point where he will get some MVP chance at the end of a game. But I'm just so scared right now that it's going to create like he's yeah. going to get tired of talking about Luca yeah. after every game. When he had 32 points tonight, he's probably going to get asked 13 times about Luka Doncic. <laughs> Yeah, I am like I don't even want, I'm afraid to talk about it cuz not you know we're not superstitious but I just I don't even want to put it out there for anyone else mm-hmm. to talk about cuz who you know of all the like I have so many followers on Twitter that if oh, somebody Oh wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Like <laughs> I don't want somebody to hear it and then someone else hears it and then it somehow not not that this would ever happen. I'm just so afraid that it would happen. I mean, like, if anything, it would motivate people to show some love to Porzingis. Maybe, maybe. If it didn't work out, at least we have an asset. Like, yeah. it, let's say he, hypothetically, I mean, we're going down a road here that's pointless <laughs> to go down. This is a dark path. Yes. Let's say, hypothetically, it didn't work out. If you needed to trade him, you could, yeah. and you could get really good assets in return so let's not even talk about that no and let's edit that out <laughs> okay so let's look forward to the next game well i don't know how much we want to look forward to it it's uh it's at denver so denver is going to be a tough opponent um just not because of obviously they're they're so good but i mean particularly the mavericks have struggled against them so last season the nuggets swept the season series 3-0 that was the first time they had swept that series since the 2009 season um and so there were uh two games at denver and one game home in dallas and so mavericks lost all three luca averaged 23 and a half points 10 and a half assists eight and a half rebounds and one and a half steals per game in two games he didn't play um, one of those games. So he only played two games, but so they lost all three of them. Uh, Jalen Brunson actually had good games against Dallas. He averaged oh, Denver or yeah, against Denver. He averaged over 16 and a half points on 59% shooting 46% shooting from uh, the three point line, two and a half rebounds, three and a half assists. So, I mean, Brunson has played well against them. The home team has won six of the last seven meetings in this series 
And then obviously last year, you know, it just wasn't good. So I don't know. I mean, they're better this year. I'm not. Like, it's hard to win in Denver. Yeah, though. I think last episode we did like a look forward through the next five games or something. Mm-hmm. And I projected this as a loss just because, first of all, Denver is good. And second of all, it's in Denver. Yeah. It's just a, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be tough because also the Mavericks are still struggling with their conditioning. Um, Porzingis is still trying to get his wind under him, even though he doesn't want to hear anything about that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, it's always hard to win. I'm not going to guarantee the Mavericks lose because I thought Phoenix went up to Denver and played really well. It's just in Denver, you have to really play defense because if you allow them open threes, when they get on a roll in their home court, they're really hard to stop. Yeah. So I'm not going to guarantee a loss, but it's not looking pretty. Yeah, well, and again, another point, Denver has taken eight of the last ten uh, games yeah, but, you against know, Dallas. It, it's just, it's a different Maverick team this it year. It is, so. I mean, it is, but eight of the last ten, yeah, no, that's true, because eight of the last ten would still include some pretty sucky yeah. Dallas teams. I mean, teams, Dennis so, Smith yeah. was our best player two years. Oh, that's not, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, um, so I did want to talk about, I, I wanted to get your analysis of... The first three games of the season. First of Porzingis, what did you like? What you don't like? What do you want to see improved on? You know, a lot of it is, I was talking about this the other day. It's crazy. So, like, we we did all this research on looking at 69 players that had torn their ACL, looked at the numbers before the injury, the numbers when they came back, and made these projections for Porzingis. And it's crazy because it's actually playing out, like, pretty much exactly the way the projections said it would. And so... On the one hand, like, I wish, you know, I wish he were rebounding better, although he did better tonight. Um, His shooting percentages have been a little better than I thought they would, but not a lot of it is a surprise to me because that historical data is actually playing out exactly the way that it is. Well, see, are you? You disagree? I do. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I agree on the rebounding. The rebounding numbers yeah. have not been where they want to be. Well, and that's exactly what the projections said would happen. But his his scoring and his shooting... I mean, he's averaging 26.3 points per game. Yeah, his, his shooting percentages have been better. I think for this yep. season, not including this game, he's it, shooting well, in, 45.5%. Well, including this game, he's 46.4 okay. and 40.9 from three. Yeah. So his shooting percentages are great. He's averaging 26 points a game. I mean, yeah. to me, that's that's really, yeah. really good. I mean, that twenty. If, if you can get 26 from Porzingis for the season, yeah. this is a playoff team. Yeah, that is true. And I mean, and I think because his shooting percentages are higher than what mm-hmm. they were projected to be, yeah, his scoring is definitely higher. I guess, I guess then really it's playing out in his minutes per game and in his rebounds per game. Yeah, and like, his his uh, his minutes went up tonight. He went up to 34 minutes, Yeah, which was a, a good sign. So what would that be for this season? I, I think he's just over 30. Because before you know, that, he was, he was 29, at 29, 29 yeah. you know, two games in a row. So yeah, that's the, you know, the projected numbers, I think, were around there. Um, so that's playing out, and then the rebounds. But yeah, he is shooting better. Surprisingly, I was nervous. I was I was hoping you were wrong. The numbers were wrong just because not the first time that's (laughs) happened. (laughs) Just because I didn't want him to struggle all season. I wanted to see a healthy, happy, good season from Porzingis. And like I said, if you can get 26 points per game from him for the whole season, which is asking a lot, but really he shot over 
I mean, he's had over 20 points in all, all three games. Yeah. Um, if he can get that, then this team <laughs> is definitely a, a playoff team. What's your analysis of this I thought he, so far? he's still adjusting to the speed of the game, I think, mm-hmm. especially on the defensive end. I felt like in against New Orleans and uh, against uh, Portland, he does a really good job at if he's the help defender at protecting the rim. Mm-hmm. He's still struggling a little bit in pick and roll defense. He did a better job against Portland. Now, you know, you're guarding Damian Lillard and McCollum, so there's only so much you can do. But he had a big step up in defense-wise at the end of the game where he forced Lillard to shoot a really tough layup and because of his size yeah. and presence. so How do you know that's not just the way he is? Uh, it might be. Yeah. You know, I, I just was under the impression that he was able to guard the yeah. pick and roll based on his history. I just felt that the issues that he was having wasn't so much staying in front of the guy. It was his angling. Oh, like when okay, he, when he would go up to the ball handler too hard mm-hmm. and he would leave an angle either to the right or to the left. Um, but I thought he's, he's played way better than I expected him to. Except for his rebounds, they're a little yeah. low. He does get pushed around a little bit down there. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm not going to try to say that guy's name. Abissieri. Scalabissieri. Scalabissieri. He kind of muscled Porzingis a mm. little bit against the Portland game. But other than that, uh, he's far exceeded my expectation. I think another hot topic is the starting lineups. Oh. Um, they've been surprising. To be honest with you, um, I don't know. For some reason... None of them have really bothered me except for when, you know, Finney Smith is out there. But um, it hasn't bothered me too much. I think because it's so early in the season and there was all these question marks about who's the fifth starter. Mm-hmm. And I think it's obvious that Carlisle doesn't even know who the yeah. fifth starter is. And so he's trying to figure that out just the same as we are. And I'm okay with that because since we've been talking about it, we know how it's a tough call to make. And so he's tried a lot of different things and... At this point, I'm I'm okay with it. I think, I think tonight we saw, in my opinion, what's going to be the starting lineup, and that's Jalen mm-hmm. and Delon and Luca with uh, Max. Obviously, that's eventually going to be Dwight Powell, Powell but yeah. and uh, Porzingis. You know, so I think Jalen he didn't play very well against Portland, but I think for the season he's been playing. You know, I think he's earned that that starting role. I would like to see more minutes for Seth. I, I everybody I, would. I don't understand. Yeah. I don't. Honestly, like his defense, you know what? It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable that he has not been playing more. His defense tonight, not not the whole game, but down the stretch, he put the clamps on. He did the same thing against the Pelicans. He did a great job. I think he is a a much better defender. And if if you're going to move the starting lineup around again, Seth's got to be in there with DeLon. At least try it. I just, I don't understand why this guy cannot get more time on the court with Luka and Porzingis. It's like the whole reason I thought you brought him here was to help spread the floor for Luka and Porzingis. And yet they barely ever played together. He barely gets any minutes. I think tonight he got the most minutes he's gotten he all got season. He got 25, I think. And uh, it's just, it's unacceptable, in my opinion. And for as well as he's been playing and as well as he shoots the ball, for him to have to fight so hard to get playing time, fighting with guys like Dorian and Justin I know, Jackson I I, and Tim Hardaway, I, I just think it's unacceptable. Well, I think, you know, there's two ways that you can form a starting lineup. You can do it by, you know, fit 
uh, who, or you can do it by talent level, just mm-hmm. starting your five best players. I think Carlisle is doing it by fit. He wants to start a a couple of defenders, or he wants to start, you know, certain fitted positions, where, which means that you have better players coming off the bench. And I think a lot of people would rather just have the better players starting. Well, I, I think you could make the case that uh, your starting guards or whatever could be DeLon and Seth. And then Seth is a very adequate defender. Now, DeLon is 6'5", so if you're playing a bigger guard, he can guard them, or at least see if he can, try it out. I just feel like that Seth's shooting ability far outweighs any deficiency on defense that, let's say, Dorian brings, which I disagree 100% that Dorian brings his quote-unquote defensive presence. <laughs> I feel like Seth and DeLon have made more plays on the defensive end of the court than Dorian has. I'd have to agree with you. I mean, in terms of making those... Needed plays. Those impact yeah. defensive plays. I mean, Curry has done that. And, and I'm not like I'm not just making that up. I'm thinking of like specific big plays in crucial moments that he's made um, in these games so far. Yeah, yeah I just think it's it's unacceptable that he hasn't yeah. played more minutes and there's no need to, to trot Tim Hardaway out there for 30 minutes and have him go yeah, over five. Well, I see, mean, I think, you know, like I said, he deserves a chance and I think he is being given a chance. And I think knowing Carlisle, it'll probably be 30 games, 20 games into yeah. the season before he changes that. I'm not saying Tim Hardaway, take all his minutes away, but Seth can play a little bit more and you can take some of those minutes away from, from Tim or Dorian, yeah. especially because his defense has been better than advertised. Mm-hmm. And his shooting, I just, it boggles my mind. He's so good. Yeah, yeah. it just, it, it boggles my mind that the dude cannot get more minutes and he can't be on the court with Porzingis and Luca as much as he really needs to be. I don't get it, you know? Yeah. And, and, and we've tried all these starting lineups. <laughs> we've tried 13 different people in that starting lineup. And Curry hasn't had one opportunity to be in that starting lineup. Yeah, I it's a lot of Mavs fans are baffled by that. And for all the things that I've liked so far this season, Luca, Porzingis, Delon Wright, a lot of things have gone well. Obviously, they're two and one. I think if you could nitpick at one thing, it would be Curry. Like, Fire Carlisle. No. <laughs> Told you it was going to be under 39 games. Um, But no, like, it's like, why can't he get more minutes? And also, why haven't we tried him in the starting lineup? Why can't you just try it? I mean, you're you're so open to trying everybody else. But you're just not willing to try Seth Curry in that starting lineup with DeLon. I I feel like he's 6'3". He's a great shooter. He's a very adequate defender. Just try it. And the fact that he can't do that. It, it's just, I I don't know. It, it I just don't understand it. It's easy. It's simple. Yeah, he could try it. I think instead of, if he wanted to just test it out, I think start him instead of Brunson. One game. Yeah, so you still have Luka and DeLon Wright, and then it would just be Curry instead of Brunson. I, I think it's worth a shot. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, maybe not against the Nuggets, well, you know, what is it going to hurt? Yeah, you know, like you're going to go gonna out there, yeah. Anyway. Well, and you're going to run out there with the the third or the fourth new like, starting are you lineup. Start Finney Smith against them. I don't know what they're going to do, but yeah. it's like I, you know, why not just try it against the Nuggets? See what happens. I mean, especially on the road, you could use some really 
killer three-point yeah. shooting. To get them going early yeah, on. And, yeah. You know, who knows? Maybe it'll be a blowout and the Nuggets will just sit everyone. That's highly unlikely, but it's worth a shot. And at the very least, it'll give you some punch. That way, mm-hmm. when the Nuggets come out with all of their talent that they have, it might kind of help you out a little bit to stay in it. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, there's a lot to like about this season. A lot of things have gone well. I think, yeah, I would like to, you know, try out Curry in the starting lineup. And then, like we were talking about earlier, the the three-point shots, I don't know. I don't know if it's just shot selection or maybe they're just not falling or maybe well, both. another thing, if Curry's playing more minutes, he's yeah. shooting the threes more often. Yeah. And then Instead that's, of that's Hardaway less Hardaway or Finney yes. Smith or, yeah. And your three-point percentage as a team should go up because he's getting more of those shots and yeah. less of them are going to guys that can't shoot the ball. Yeah. Okay, so they're 2-1 and one right now. That puts them at 8th in the Western Conference. The Timberwolves are 3-0. and oh. Yeah, there's <laughs> always every season there's yeah. a team that, like, the Warriors have started 0-3. Yeah. They're not going to be that bad. And then the Timberwolves aren't going to be this they're good. They're 0-2. Or 0-2, yeah. yeah. So The Kings are 0-3. The Pelicans are 0-3. Um, and then... The Spurs are two and zero. Nuggets are two and zero. The Suns are two and one. I don't see that nah, holding up. Nah. Yeah, the Clippers are two and one. Blazers are two and one. I mean, obviously it's early in the season, but um, yeah. The record doesn't really matter right yeah, now, as right long now. as you're not in a complete hole like zero and three, like the yeah. Pelicans, because that's going to be hard to overcome as the season goes on. Yeah, um, but yeah, so they're playing the the Nuggets. Um, in Denver, I think it'll be a tough game. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost, which would put them at two and two, um, which would be a little disappointing. But as long as they come back at home and win that home game against the Lakers, yeah. So anyway, that's it for this episode. Let us know what you think about all these things. The the three pointers does that bother you as much as it bothers us? Uh, would you like to see Seth Curry in the starting lineup? Do you think that would help? Do you think that's a stupid idea? Um, let us know. Tweet us on Twitter at Dallas Hoopscast or me at underscore Sydney Myers. Again, you can listen to all these episodes on DallasHoopscast.com where you can also uh, read exclusive articles, check the latest news headlines. Um, you can also start shopping for Mavs gear and game tickets, which is pretty cool. DallasHoopscast.com. I think that's it for us. Yeah. Anything else? No? Okay, cool. Uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. You think you're so cool, don't you?